You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast, brought to you by JesusWire.com, with your host, Jessica Morris. Welcome back to a new episode of Between You and Me. I'm your host, Jessica Morris, and I am so glad that you're here to join us for another episode of the podcast where we talk to musicians about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in the music industry and in the church. Today, we have a really huge episode for you. A few months ago, I sent out a post on our Instagram account at Between You Me Pod, which you should go follow. Hi, we'd love that. And I was asking you guys if you could tell me about any musicians or people in the industry who had experience with the pro-life, pro-choice debates. I know, really awkward, divisive subjects, especially in the church and even in the music industry. I sent out the post right after the new laws passed in some of America's states. These laws were hugely controversial because they determined whether women in these states would be legally allowed to abort their pregnancies. And I noticed that people in the music industry were having very different responses to it, depending on their nationality, their gender, their age, all of those sorts of things. So you had people like Selena Gomez being like, yes, pro-choice of the way. You had people like Brooke Ligerwood from Hillsong being like, I am pro-choice and pro-life and I hold that together. Then you had quite a few people on that pro-life side and I found that a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them were men and some of them were comparing it to their experiences overseas and so forth. Now, all these responses had merits, but I found myself digging through them trying to find the humanity in the subject. As a female, how do I respond to the subject of the pro-life, pro-choice debate? As a Christian, as someone who has never even had to have the thought, do I keep a baby or do I let it go? So I went to you guys and asked you if you knew anyone who had personal experience with this. And I had a wonderful friend of ours, Tamar, reach back out to me and say, we have just the people you need. So today you will be meeting the very incredible Sydney Gourette, and her mother, Deidre Catlett. Now, Sydney is a 17-year-old singer-songwriter. She started a youth initiative called Be The Change a few years ago now that exists literally to enable young kids and people of all ages to take everyday tasks and use them to fundraise for places like Make-A-Wish or Hands and Feet Project. The incredible thing about Sydney and her mother is a story that actually started this entire scenario You see, last year, Sydney released a single called Carry On, which she co-wrote with Chrissy Nordoff. Carry On is undeniably a pro-life song, but its power actually lies in the fact that it was written about Sydney and her mother. You see, about 18 years ago now, when Deidre was in law school, she found herself pregnant by her boyfriend and she ended up going to a Planned Parenthood to see if she could actually abort the baby. She had a life-changing conversation there with someone who was incredibly compassionate and she and her boyfriend, who is now her husband, chose to keep Sydney. These wonderful women can tell the story so much better and so much more eloquently than I ever could. And they are so aware, more than any of us, that the pro-life, pro-choice debate 
is complex and that there are multiple sides and arguments to it and that there are so many emotions involved. That is why their story and what they have to share on today's episode is so significant. Now, a heads up, our conversation today, obviously, it covers the pro-life, pro-choice debate from their perspective, from their experiences. We also touch on mental health and suicidality. So if you find any of these topics triggering or you've been personally impacted by them, please feel free to press fast forward when necessary. We want this to be a safe place for you where you feel heard. Let's get right into it. Here is a short bio and then we will jump right in to our amazing conversation with Sydney Goretz and Deidre Catlett. Life on the road is normal for Sydney Goretz, but unlike most singer-songwriters, she's not living out of a van for tour. Earlier this year, her family gave up everything to live out of a trailer, and all because they were desperate to experience Jesus in their own country. Each week, Sydney and the Gourette family travel across the USA and speak to kids and teens about embracing gifts to help others. Spawned from Sydney's charity, Be The Change Youth Initiative, which was founded in 2016, they provide community groups with tangible ways to fundraise for the Make-A-Wish Foundation and the Hands and Feet Project. While Be The Change was instigated after Sydney's own encounter on a mission trip to Camp Bahamas at age 15, her love for music arrived much earlier. Hailing from Maine, Oregon, she began playing piano from age four and honed her craft as a songwriter after picking up a guitar. Her first song, You Will Always Have Me, which she wrote at 14, helped fundraise for Make A Wish of Maine. Sydney's two passions came together in 2017 when she met David Leonard and Leslie Jordan, members of the worship group All Sons and Daughters. Hearing a demo, David agreed to produce Sydney's debut EP, music that inspired a movement. This shared Sydney's own struggle with doubting God, her passion for helping friends in abusive relationships, and discussed how important it was to support friends through mental illness. Creating the Be The Change Music Collective, Sydney began collaborating with artists she met on the road, resulting in four singles so far. Most notably, Carry On, a song that she co-wrote with DAV Award winner Chrissy Nordoff. As a near-abortion survivor, Sydney uses the song to tell her story and partners with Give Life, a life resource organisation based in Nashville, Tennessee. This allows Sydney to give the song to women at pregnancy care centres across the US and provides pregnancy resources through the Carry On project. I spoke to Sydney and her mother, Deidre Catlett, at a Starbucks while they were on the road somewhere across America. They told me about why being pro-life goes beyond the birth of a child, their struggle to find Christ in the walls of the church, and why they have given up everything to actually be missionaries in the USA. Guys, this is as real to life and as raw as it gets. Sydney Garrett and Deidre Catlett are incredible women who have given up so much to pursue authenticity, integrity and honesty. And on top of that, Sydney's music is beautiful. You will love this. My friends, meet Sydney and Deidre. Can you guys both introduce yourselves so they know who you are? I'm Sydney Garrett. I am 17 and originally from Portland, Maine. And I love Marvel, music, and traveling. Perfect. <laughs> All great things. <laughs> And I am Deirdre, Sydney's mom, also originally from Portland, Maine. And 
I love Jesus and people and coffee in that order. Sometimes coffee more than people. Dang, that was better than mine. <laughs> I mean, I love Jesus too. <laughs> oh, that's the best. I like you guys already. It's perfect. It's great. <laughs> but you just had made me look like such a... <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about what Be The Change is and what you guys do for people who have never heard of it before? Um, so in the summer of 2016, I wanted to raise money for an organization, but I didn't really know like, what that would look like. So I talked to my parents and they used to be wish granters for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And so right off the bat, I knew this was the perfect idea. And so I look up how much it would cost to grant a wish. And it was $7,000 because each state has an average wish cost. And so for me, it's $7,000. So I told myself, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to raise this money by myself. So I talked to some of my friends, and we basically did things that we love to do over the course of that summer. So some of us ran 5Ks. Uh, me and my friend, we wrote a song as well on band camp. Others, they sold T-shirts. Well, she designed T-shirts. My friend Emma designed T-shirts, and she sold it. And um, some of them did, like, chores around the house and bake sales. So with all that fundraising happening, over the course of those couple months, we finished raising $7,000. And so I kind of saw there was this idea to it where what if – create this place where we encourage kids and teens to use their gifts and talents to advocate for others and um, yeah and make a difference in the world yeah and, and part of that too like as they were finishing the fundraising we went on a family missions trip to Eleuthera and it was the first time Sydney had befriended someone that lives there and the kid Nathaniel is amazing and just so filled with joy he was just a light, a great person to be around. But then the last day that we were in the Luthra, we got to visit where he lived. And I remember watching Sydney's face when she saw it. And, you know, he, no running water in the house. He lives with seven brothers and sisters on the dark floor, two small rooms. And, like, she, you could see in her face, she was having such a hard time reconciling how he could live in those conditions, yet be so filled with joy. And then came back home and was, like, really wrestling with her own thing, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And so so that all kind of happened. And then, you know, a few months later, we ended up on a missions trip to Haiti with Hands and Feet Project. And Mark Stewart, founder of Hands and Feet Project, we, we always say, like, Be the Change would not exist without Mark Stewart. The very last night that we were in Haiti, Sydney said, Mark, I have this idea. I want to share it with you. And Mark, to his credit, was just like, yes, and like, went, we went off with him, and Sydney shared this idea of like, what if I could get kids all over the country to use their gifts to advocate for these kids in Haiti and help Hands and Feet Project? And he was like, yes, and shortly after that, we started our first initiative with kids across the U.S., and the, like these kids, the youngest was five, the oldest was 10, there was only 21 of them, but they raised over $8,000 to build... Oh, the daycare in yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's when we kind of knew, like, okay, there might be something to this. <laughs> and it was crazy because I mean, you tell them like some of the things that they did. Yeah, so some of them, um, they ran up their basement staircases over six times, and just like them two alone, they raised over eight hundred dollars oh for that. Gosh. And their mom did like a Facebook live yeah. as they were going up <laughs> and down the stairs, and people were like donating, saying, "Keep it up." And, the kids are like, one more, I can do one, one more. more, I got yeah. this, I got this. It was so great to watch. <laughs> yeah, and then we had, she was in second grade at the time, mm -hmm. Cora, um, she put a whole talent show together 
like over potluck talent yeah, show. over yeah. 70 people came and she raised over 800 dollars doing that yeah i mean absolutely insane she figured all that by herself like she invited everyone and yeah made was, out invitations her parents hosted it at her house they had a little donation box it was a talent show kids are doing karate and doing skit and it was great too because most of the people were from maine so most of the people in our communities there aren't they aren't believers and so it was just not only were we doing something for hands and feet project it was also giving us a platform to share the gospel and so that was also equally if not more important probably yeah yeah we also had kids do legos 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 Yes. Yes. That's so amazing. they basically just asked people what they wanted to make and then they took a picture of it and sent it to them for donations. <laughs> like that's it. It's <laughs> amazing. So like I think it was kind of eye opening for me too, because I was able to see that there's not just a couple of things that you could do to raise money, but there's so many different things. Like you can basically do anything to advocate for others. And so that was really cool for me to be able to see. And see five year olds do it. I mean, there's obviously no age limit no. to making a difference either. And so. that serving can be fun. Like right. and, and tying it all together. Like, you know, scripture tells you that you're beautifully and wonderfully made and that you have certain gifts that you're supposed to use for the edification of the body. And like this is just a great example. Cause I think sometimes we just put that in a box and we just think about that in the sense of how we serve on Sunday morning. And this is how we serve the body as a whole, how we are going to go out and tangibly reach and help the least of these. And, you know, it's just, it's been really beautiful to kind of watch these kids get excited about helping others. straight into the single that you guys I think you released it either early this year or late last year carry on and I wanted to ask you guys just to tell me what inspired the song and what it means to you I guess I can kind of go on the story of how that all happened mm -hmm. and so we met David in the beginning of January David Leonard uh he is an amazing songwriter he used to be part of All Sons and Daughters like we met him and basically he heard some of the songs I had written previously and he wanted to produce my music. So I ended up after that writing more and um, recording, making little videos and sending to him. And all those songs we recorded in October 2017, there were eight. And all the proceeds for those songs would go towards organizations that we were partnered with, with Be The Change. So one of them was Hands Feet Project, another Make-A-Wish Foundation, African New Life was another one. But our focus with those songs specifically was writing songs that would advocate for others and help others as well. Um, and so after recording that, he wanted me to come back two weeks later to a songwriting retreat with Integrity Music. And I got to work with amazing songwriters and got to write with them and hear their hearts. And one of the last writes was with Christy Nordoff and Matt Armstrong. 
two of the sweetest people I know, like very genuine and sold out for Jesus, like and very talented, extremely oh, talented. <laughs> yes. Um, but we were trying to figure out what to write about, and Matt asked me like, "Hey, do you have different ideas?" And one of them was, um, I asked like, "Can I share me and my mom's story?" Because I've never really done that before. And so briefly, my mom got pregnant with me in law school. She went to an abortion clinic to terminate the pregnancy. But a woman working there told her that she had other options and she didn't need to go through with that. I was in law school at the time in Maine and um, found myself pregnant and not really knowing what to do. And, um, you know, my church kicked me out of the church. Um, And so it just leaves you in this really heartbreaking place as a, a single woman, the one place that you can go to, you thought you could go to for, for hope and help, um, kind of turn their backs on them. So I went to this clinic and, and um, talked to this amazing woman who heard my heart and, you know, very compassionately was just like, you know, I, I understand how you feel like you don't have options, but you do ask to talk to my boyfriend, who is now my husband. And, um, said the same thing to him and she's like you know what you guys just sit and talk and and she went to do some other stuff and and we ended up leaving and as she saw us leave you know we had said we didn't know what we were going to do but we knew what we were not going to do and so we left and she ran after us and she was like I need you to know that like in my 20 years of doing this I've never once told my personal feelings like I'm not allowed to I can tell you your options but not my personal feelings she's like because I could lose my job and she's like but I know that I was supposed to do that today, which, you know, looking back at the time, it was like, oh, wow, that's nice. But now looking back and seeing where we are with this, you're like, oh, that's what God was doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sydney, Sydney shared that story and they wrote a song called Miracle. But that night, Chrissy had this dream. <laughs> uh, and she wrote Carry On because of that dream. And so what Carry On's really speaking to is how Mary must still hold Jesus, to how my mom must still holding me, but all the other women who are facing that same exact thing. But it's also a reminder for the church to surround these women with love and support instead of hate and condemnation. Um, so we ended up recording that in March of 2018. And we were praying about this before, but now we're doing it. So we have download cards where we are, um, Integrity's letting us and giving the download cards away um, and in hopes that the song will uh, remind them that Jesus loves them and that we love them because that is such an important message of hope. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of all tying together, slowly but surely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's in one of the cool stories about this, uh, it kind of ties into where we are now and tying into the music is Chrissy sent us the song and wanted us to listen to it. And she hadn't finished like, writing it. So she asked Sydney to help her write the bridge. And as soon as we heard it, we were like, oh my gosh. I mean, almost immediately, we just said, how cool would it be if women who are looking to have an abortion, we could give this to them and say, hey, you know what? We love you. No matter what, we love you. God loves you. Um, and, you know, and, and part of our story, like when we talk, is I, I, I'm very honest. And I say, if I had gone to that Planned Parenthood and there were people protesting with signs, I think my heart would have been completely hardened and I would not have been able to hear the words of that woman. And, you know, and, and that's our hope and that's our love is like, we don't want to be the Pharisees that are throwing the stones. Like we want to be Jesus that's extending the hand. And I, I love, we watched the IF conference a few months ago before we left and Angie Smith, whom I love, I love her heart so much, but she was like, you know, 
you have all these Christians yelling at the front of the clinics, but where are the Christians at the back of the clinics? And like, that is equally our heart as well. And so, um, but what's really cool is we knew we were going to produce this song and we, you know, integrity was going to let us give the music away, but we didn't know who was going to pay for it. So we're like, well, Chrissy wrote it and integrity's letting us give it away. And, um, and so I brought money to pay for it just in case we needed to. And it became clear that no one had paid for it. So we needed to. So I called David and I was like, Hey, um, I have money for you. Can, and he's like, come by, swim by the house. And I, we came by and I had to give him two checks. And I was like, this one you can cash now. This one you need to wait. <laughs> like, you know, and we were actually leaving the next day to go to Texas. And and this was like a pivotal moment for Be the Change because we kind of said, look, if this is what we're gonna do, we have to branch out of New England because number one, the Christian community in New England is small. And number two, like we know there's a bigger impact, but we need to talk to more people. And so we said, Hey, let's go to Texas. Oregon and North Carolina because we had support in those places. But then my husband was like, yeah, but we also don't have money. And so he's like, we need, we're hemorrhaging. And, and so as I said, let's pray, like, let's just pray for 24 hours that if we're supposed to go to one of these places, that God will make it clear. And the very next day I started my last semester in seminary at Dallas. Um, and one of my classmates found out what we did and like sent me a private message was like any chance you guys ever come to Texas and I was like oh <laughs> that's so good I, I call oh, our story is filled with things like that <laughs> I mean and it always comes when we're like ready to give up because right. this is so hard but yeah. so I called my husband and he's like quiet <laughs> and he's like I guess you're going to Texas <laughs> and so what we did is after we planned it to go right after um, being in Nashville to record. And so, so David was like, I don't want to, why are you going to Texas? And, you know, Sydney's like, well, I have a chance to speak to some kids in, in the inner city, Dallas, and we're just going to see what the Lord has for us. And, you know, he said, he's like, guys, if you keep doing this, you're going to go, you're going to go broke. You're going to go through all your money. And I just remember looking at him and saying, but if God's calling us to it, then it's okay. And he ripped up our checks for the song and he paid, he paid for carry on to be produced. And what's cool about that is like that then gave us a hundred dollars, I mean a thousand dollars to go on our trip to Texas. And on that trip, Sydney wrote uh, Empty Hands with Grant McCurdy, who's one of the worship pastors at the Village Church, The Journey, which is the song for Make-A-Wish um, with Ryan Delange, who's a worship leader at Bayou City, Dark Glass, which is going it's, it's getting ready to be released with a catholic group called novum and like be the change collective was created out of that trip and so like we just look back on it now and we're like man everything's tied everything's together. tied together <laughs> like what in the world yeah but at the time we didn't know like we were just trying to fumble through and even now like living in an rv full-time where people look at us and they're like what are you doing and we're like but we I don't, don't know. know like we don't know where we're staying tomorrow night yeah. but God shows up and Every brings time. people for us to talk to, so yeah. it's it's good. I've been made. 
How does it impact you both personally when the pro-life, pro-choice debate comes up so vocally in Christian circles? I'm not trying to put you in an awkward position at all or ask you for a political stance. I just wanted to know how you experience that because as much as I struggle with it, I have no personal experience, so I can only imagine what you guys go through. I'll, I'll be really bold um, and, you know, this is – the conversation we have a lot of times with people is, you know, there is a difference between being pro-birth and being pro-life. And, um, and sometimes I feel like people in the church confuse those two things, or they are actually pro-birth, but they say that they're pro-life. And I I even know in saying that there are going to be people that are listening to this podcast that are going to squirm and like start finding an email address to to email me and send them my way. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I'll take care of that. I think it's a really important conversation for us to have as a church, because if you're going to be pro-life from conception to death, then you need to be advocating for everything that supports life from conception to death. I don't think that you get to choose who you're going to advocate for when you're pro-life. So if you want to be pro-life and, and you, you believe um, that the conception is, is when life begins and amen, hallelujah, then go, go forward, onward, soldier. But just make sure that you're not forgetting that there are children around the world that are struggling and dying and living in poverty in our own country and they need advocates too. And so like that's, that's just kind of where, what we say. And it's, you know, and I think our ministry is different than a lot that you're out there. Um, I think it's really hard for us. Sometimes, you know, we have the conversation with Sydney, like we each have different convictions and we each have different callings and our calling is different than other people that are in, in this conversation or debate or whatever you want to call it. And if God's truly calling them to, um, to advocate in, in a way that's different than ours, then like that's not our place to judge, you know? And we just have to make sure that in our calling that, you know, everything that we say is based in truth and wrapped in love. Like that, that's it, based in truth and wrapped in love. And, you know, yes, we love, like we, av- we wanna advocate for, for abortions to end, but changing laws, not not gonna end it you know changing hearts that will end it and and that's what we're trying to do we don't feel called to change laws we just feel called to chase after hearts and um and we're seeing it the thing is it kind of a it's a hard process you know not that changing laws is, is easy but man changing hearts is really really hard it requires you to sit down with someone and talk to them and and know them and empathize with them and have compassion for them and i think we're doing a really lousy job overall at, as the church um in doing that there are some amazing people doing some amazing work and we have met them and that has been such an encouragement to us i mean we have gone to pregnancy care centers from rochester to new york to Birmingham, Alabama. And like, that's what we do when we travel and we have these download cards and, you know, interesting fact that on our website, the number one trafficked page on our site is the carry on project. And like, that's getting the most traction because 
these women can go and read our story and download the song for free. We're just, we're not drawing attention to ourselves. We're just trying to walk into spaces. There's no need to protest if you're willing to have a conversation with someone, like an open conversation and willing to hear their story and hear both sides and love well. Um, and that's one thing that we've been learning. Like one of the things that my favorite part, like as much as I love doing shows with my brother, like the conversations that we have afterwards with other people, like we hang out with dinner, um, you just talk to these kids and teens and what they're struggling with. And we are honest about what we're struggling with and just hearing their own stories. Like that has opened my eyes so much to what's actually going around. And like my heart is completely changed because of those experiences. And so being able to have those open conversations and love people well, like that changes so much, especially for me. And that's 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 my own story. Um, one of the cool things is, you know, a couple weeks into our time in Texas. So we were in Texas for the whole month of May fundraising for Make-A-Wish. And um, that's kind of when there was a shift in the ministry of Be the Change. And they, our kids started sharing their testimony. And we started getting feedback from the other kids about how they're so much struggling with anxiety and depression and, and self-mutilation and ide- uh, suicidal ideation in the church. We actually did a poll on our, our Instagram account and we asked two questions. Number one, do you, do you know a teen that struggles from depression? And 64% said yes. Interesting though, we like to point out is that a lot of the people that said no, we personally know them. And we also personally know that they do know someone who struggles from depression. They just aren't aware of it. And so like, that was a really big moment for us was asking do you consider the church a safe place for kids to talk about their struggles? 80% said no. And what was so incredibly disheartening for me is that there were church leaders that said no. And so like, like we just kind of got to this place where like, that's unacceptable. And like, we, we are supposed to have the hope of Jesus Christ. And if our kids can't feel safe and the one place that they should feel safe to talk about things, then we have a huge, huge problem. And so immediately we kind of started having this conversation, you know, Sydney, Sydney jokes. She's like, yeah, I don't want to be CCM artist, but like God just gives me this community and CPM. And it's just funny. I was like, well, but maybe that community isn't for you. You know, and I was like, but maybe that community can help you do what God's calling you to do. And so we just kind of started talking and dreaming about putting together um, an EP or a collection of music that we can give away for free to, to teens that kind of speaks to them in that season. And, you know, immediately we just said, okay, who has God introduced you to, like producers, writers that you think would be willing to be a part of this project. And Sydney like started reaching out to a couple of them and like one in Canada, one in Nashville and obviously David, he's up or whatever, but um, immediately they were responding back. Yes, I'm in. And like, and we don't know what that looks like, but, but I feel like that's definitely where the Lord's leading because the, the need is great. Like we need to bring attention to this. Our kids are killing themselves. Like talk about the pro-life movement. Carry on is important, but guys, our kids in our churches are killing themselves. It's one of those things. Like if you want to be pro-life, then look within the four walls of your church. Or yes. Like any, like look within your four walls. Yes. Yeah. 
And so like that, we are just becoming impassioned about that. And uh, we want our kids in the church and out of the church. We want the church to be known for the hope of Jesus Christ. to talk about one of our amazing sponsors. Do you create wedding videos, podcasts, ads, content, maybe even one of those slideshows while you're trying to move your church into the 21st century? Well, Soundstripe is the answer to all your problems. The ultimate music stock site made for video producers, they offer a great variety of high-quality royalty-free songs and have an unlimited licensing model. This is literally one of a kind in the industry. And that is because it was created by musicians. With a monthly or yearly fee, you have unlimited access to world-class music. We are talking composers like Aaron Sprinkle and Matt Winton. Every time you license a song through Soundstripe, the royalty goes straight back to the musician. With curator playlist, new music every week, and more than 30,000 special effects, this is the ultimate source of music for creatives. Trust me, I've been using this since day one with Between You and Me, and I can tell you that any background music you are hearing comes directly from Soundstripe. They are absolutely incredible. When you sign up for Soundstripe today, you can get 10% off using the code UMEPOD. That is soundstripe.com with the code UMEPOD. And now, back to the show. How has music helped you both individually on your journeys? I know that like now, now Sydney, you create it, but how has that come into like you're telling your own stories and, and healing and how God has used that? Yeah, I was about to say, um, music for me is a healing process because I think like if I'm being honest, like I'm still frustrated with some people within the church and that's my own sin and that's my own conviction um, that I'm still wrestling through with God. And I, all I want to do is completely be honest and be vulnerable because if we're not willing to be honest, then things aren't going to change. Um, so being able to say that music is still a healing process and I write my own experience with her, but once I hear other stories about what other people are struggling with, like I want to write songs based on their own stories. Um, like for example, one of my first songs I wrote for a friend of mine who went through an abusive relationship. And so I sat down, heard her full story and wrote about how God kind of shone through that. Cause there's so much beauty within the pain. So, and that's with everyone um, that I've talked to, but I think there is still getting through that pain. And that's really difficult, especially for me. Um, Cause I'm still wrestling with some things. So music has been a healing process for sure. Yeah. And I think too, just to kind of piggyback on that, you know, I think a lot of us grew up in the church recognizing that yes we've been through pain and we've been through hard times and you know but we've gotten through them and so but now, and now we have our act together and it's like we are a new creation and we don't think about those things but the problem I mean the problem with that is that there are other people that are going through the same thing and we're supposed to be using our testimony as a reflection of God's goodness and giving him glory 
you know, not ourselves, you know? And so it's in sharing that pain and how God got us through it that we show the love of Jesus and shine for him and hopefully have a conversation or bridge a gap and, and, and have an introduction for them to meet the most amazing person who's changed our lives. And so, but we have to live that way. We have to live transparently. Like we have to, I know so many Christians that I look at them, I'm like, are you sure you're filled with joy? Like, are you sure, you know? And, and they just seem so miserable. And that was, again, one of the things that Sydney had a hard time with when she came back from that first missions trip is here's this kid who is like lives in squalor and poverty yet so filled with joy. And then here she is in the United States with every comfort around her. And she was so miserable and like she could not reconcile it. And it, it was a, like a transformational time for our whole family where we, we kind of had to say, okay, are we really following Jesus or are we just following the institution of church? And it kind of wrecked our lives. And obviously because we sold our house and my husband quit his job <laughs> and we're on the road in the RV, having never been camped a day in our lives before. So. Love your family. So it's the best. I love that. That's amazing. That takes but, so I much mean, courage. It, it, but you know what? It was out of desperation. Like I wish I could sit here and say, that it was us being courageous, but we were so miserable. Like we just, we kept reading the Bible and not seeing that church reflected and kept questioning it. And we kept hearing excuses from leadership why that church, like somebody said that church doesn't even exist anymore. And I'm like, could you imagine? Like, what's the point of of following Jesus if, if that example that was laid out for us in scripture isn't even an actuality? And so we just refused. Like it just got to the point that, we're like, if it's not true and that church doesn't exist, then what are we doing? And, you know, it wasn't because we were courageous. It's because we were desperate to know truth. And it, he immediately showed it to us. Like, I don't even, I can't even imagine going back to life the way. Like, we are forever changed in, in this process. It's only been three months. So. Right. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I know one of the reasons I started this podcast was because I, I left Nashville hearing all the stories from people, especially Christian musicians, and you hear all the the undercurrent and the not quite Christian things and the uncomfortable things. And I sort of came home and I was like, how do I reconcile that? And how do I tell those stories? And why don't I feel like I belong there? So I really, I really appreciate how authentic you guys are in expressing that and the constant struggle, because I think it's something that a whole lot of people go through is just that we don't always talk about or if we do it's like behind closed doors with a few select people we trust because we're so vulnerable which makes sense so I think there's a ton of power in that you're absolutely correct and that's been our experience and um you know and I think we all acknowledge that it happens but you know we don't talk about it openly and there is a way to talk about it openly that's not judgmental and not hypercritical because here's the, the fact, like we have so many faults too. Like, right, I mean, right. repentance should be a daily occurrence. Like, because we are constantly like scripture says, like we all fall short of the glory of God. You're Romans three twenty three, And like, like we need that reminder that, you know, it was funny. I had a, a, a um, back and forth with someone on Facebook the other day. And I, yeah, I tell Sydney, I was like, you don't get on social media and have those conversations because it's really hard unless you feel called to it. Like, you know, and in this case, I felt called to it. And, and this woman was just like, I, I just said, you know, the, the posture that you have is not a Christian posture. And she sent me a private message 
And she was like, don't you dare tell me what is Christian and what's not Christian. And I said, wait, wait a second. Like, I can say truth and love to you. And like Paul, he called out Peter, like for Galatians. And he said, hey, Peter, get your act together, you know? And if you have a relationship with someone and you can speak into it, like, we all need to, a reminder of what it means to fall uh, to follow Jesus because Paul tells us like the like that's all of Romans. Our flesh is still at, a lot active and alive in us, and like we are constantly battling it. And if I don't have someone who's, who can look at my life and say, "Hey, Deirdre, dude, check your heart," you know, the difference too is you, it takes a lot of humility. It does. Someone like there are a lot of people that just don't want to take that approach <laughs> yeah the posture is important like it, it really is and I think a lot of us in the church myself included have gone through seasons of being arrogant you know and and I think like we're all and thankfully I had people that called me out on it you know and and I had to like take a look and my first instinct is to be self-righteous but you know it's holy righteousness that we are supposed to strive for and like Praise God there are people in our lives that point that out and help us and sharpen us. And I think that that, that would go a long way in the church today, the humility of, of sharpening one another. the change when you have encountered Christians along the way and through your songwriting with the collective how has actually meeting other people who share the same values and beliefs as you helped you guys or encouraged you guys along the way I think like one of our prayers especially like that my parents have been praying specifically for our family is that God would only surround us with people that will encourage us, um, right? Is that, am I saying that And like-minded. And like-mindedness, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, which means there are a whole heck of a lot more no's than right. yeses when yeah. it comes to opportunities. <laughs> but the thing is, like, we don't look at it as, like, we're getting a no, but it's more of God's kind of closing that door for a reason. Yes. Um, and that takes, that my mindset was not. And so being able to have that posture and really have that mindset has really challenged me. But I've gone to a place where I'm really encouraged by the no's. Um, and, like, I look at it and say, like, I, I'm surrounded with some of the most amazing people that I could have, like, never really imagined being surrounded by. But they're people that really want to encourage uh, me, but also my brother. Like, my brother has completely changed on this trip and 
whenever we do share our own testimonies, like for me, it's doubting God for a long time and then doubting myself. And for Brayden, it's more of depression and suicidal ideation. And so he was depressed for such a long time. Like there were moments when we would be sitting on our kitchen floor, like my parents, me and my brother, and um, he would be crying out and saying, like, I just want this to be done. Like, I want this to be over. And so that was hard because we know people who have experienced that within their own families, but when it's your brother, like, that's completely different. And so he's completely changed on this trip by sharing his own testimony and sharing the songs that he's written about what he struggled with and having conversations with other people that are having that same struggle. But we recorded the song, like, three weeks ago, and, like, he was so joyful during that process. He, he, he was like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to create music that will heal people. And so, like, that was one of the most amazing, like, impactful things that I could have ever experienced just from that standpoint. But there is so much healing within music. And music can break so many boundaries that conversations sometimes can't. And so that's one of the most important things that I think I've learned just by hearing other kids' stories and to be able to see, like, we understand you and we want to encourage you and say you're not alone in the struggle and music can have the power to do that. Yeah, and I think for us, we, we're we really honest. Like when we go and approach churches or people want us to come and speak and we we make sure that we have like a FaceTime or, or Skype with them, up the pastor or associate pastor, whomever's arranging it for at least 15, 20 minutes beforehand because, you know, there are a lot of reasons. Because like one, this isn't a show. You know, like the, the, these, this is our lives. Like we are, we are weirdly enough. I can't even say it. Like we're missionaries. It just seems so foreign to me <laughs> that that's what we are. And, but that's what we are. And so we're sharing our lives and what God is doing through us. And we don't charge, like, you know, there's no fee. Like you know, we tell people like buy our merchandise because but that's, 100% of the proceeds goes away towards organizations that we're partnered with. So. That doesn't even support us. We give away our profits. So, but some of them take love offerings, and that's great. And um, but we, you know, we t- we talk to them and we we explain what our family is, like what we're doing. We explain the topics Sydney talks on. She's she, yeah. We say hey, if you want your kids to be involved and in, more involved in your church and missions then we can talk about using their gifts and talents to support your missions. Or if you have teens that are struggling with identity and um, like social media and depression through that, or we joke, we talk about dating or Sydney has like a funny little anecdote that she talks about that and, you know, or depression and anxiety, doubt, like to be able, there's so many kids that, do not even feel the freedom to talk about how they doubt God in the church. I mean, whenever I talked about myself doubting God, like, there are people that told me within my own church community, like, you're a Christian, you can't doubt God. Like, you're not allowed to doubt God. But, I mean, but we talked to these pastors, and every one of them, hands down, has said to us, doubt, please talk about doubt, and please talk about depression. And, you know, and we've had, like, these 15, 20 minute conversations have actually been hour long conversations yeah. with these pastors. And the very first church that we spoke at, um, in Austin, the, I mean, oh, well, one of the, one of the middle schoolers came up afterwards and told Sydney about how she tried to commit suicide. And that, that youth pastor texted me the very next day and, and said, Guys, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because parents are texting me and calling me and emailing me saying, who did you bring in to talk to your kids? Because my kid is talking to me for the first time. 
And so like from that point, we knew that this was, this was something that we had to kind of say, okay, let's switch gears. And uh, I talked, I don't usually talk at these things, but the last one I did and, and I explained that if you had told our, my husband and I six months ago that you're going to quit your job, walk away from your insurance, sell your house and live in an RV so your kids can go talk about depression and suicide and hear other kids and, and, and the issues that, they, that they're facing, we wouldn't have because the toll, it takes a huge toll. It takes a huge toll on our kids. It takes a huge toll on us. And I don't think that, I think we would have been selfish and we would wanted to protect our kids from it. And, but going out and encouraging kids to use their talents to make the world a better place, that's happy and great. And of course we would do that, but that's what God had to do. Like God had to use that to get us out and then show us what the real mission is. And it, it, like, even though there was, like my mom shared that, I, this has been one of the most impactful things in my entire life. Like I wouldn't trade this for anything else just because I've grown so much in my own faith but I've also learned to love well and have conversations and have really hard conversations but that impacts so many people's lives and including my own so it's been it's been an amazing journey and God's definitely not done yet and there's still a lot more to do (laughs) but like it's just it's just really cool it's just a really cool experience especially being able to do it with a family that is so supportive um, and a growing family outside yes. of blood relatives. So yes. yeah, yeah. God has really blessed us with amazing people that in the industry, outside of the industry, that that they're for us and they're trying to help us make connections. It's, you know, we just made the decision to stay on the road for the rest of the year last week, and um, yeah. So it's just been really cool to see everyone be like, okay, how can we help you? What do you need? Right. And, um, yeah, we feel so supported and so loved. And God has shown up in the people that are just so genuine yeah. and sold out for Jesus. Like it's been the most amazing thing. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So podcast is ask my guests some random questions that say you had like someone who loved listening to your music on Spotify and they saw you and freaked out they may ask you this sort of random stuff first thing I wanted to know is for you Sydney if you could have written any song in the world that currently exists which song would it be and why or a top three sorry Oh, that is so hard because I love <laughs> so many people. <laughs> um, okay, I have to really think about this. I have to choose wisely. Yes. 
choose wisely. I'll take it. I'll take a handful if it's easier. I can appreciate this is a delicate topic. <laughs> I have a list. <laughs> yes. It's on my Spotify. Yes. <laughs> it's literally songs I wish I'd written. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my! I appreciate this so much. <laughs> Let's see. Um. All right. Okay. Um. Lionhearted Billy Martin. And then we have Cherry Wine Hosier. We have Boston Dermot Kennedy. Uh. Let's see. Honestly, like anything Novo more. I'm just gonna be really just kind of like, uh. The, yeah. Please notice the theme. They're all not. They're they're not American artists. <laughs> Love it. She doesn't she doesn't listen I to I think they're actually all from Europe. Oh wait, except Matt Corby. He's not, he's Australian. Yes, Matt Corby is amazing, right? He started on Australian Idol when he was like fifteen, years and years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He actually he actually grew up in the church. Yeah, he's amazing, right? Ridiculous. Amazing. Um, yep. Also, Quillo. Just, I mean, I can't just pick one just because they're all just, uh, they're all so good. I'm sorry. And it's interesting too, like <laughs> if you like start to look into a lot of the artists that Sydney listens to, you can tell they're they're a lot like Matt Corby. Like they they grew up in the church, right. you know. So there's like this there's this hint of Christian, you know, elements and sacraments in their writing, and you know, and that's Sydney's heart too. Like she always talks about. Some, how do you say it? Some people write music. Oh, some people feel called to write music for the church specifically, so maybe that's worship. Um, some people feel called to write songs people that are different by the church. Um, and that's been something that I've kind of been saying more often, just to kind of explain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that falls into, like, carry on and, like, with the songs that they're recording now. And, yeah, like, it's there there's definitely a kindred spirit when you look at those those artists and, and where Sydney is. So yeah. Also yeah. their songwriting styles are amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that works too. That's that's awesome. Um this is a question for both of you because essentially Sydney grew up in your household. What is the album that you guys had on repeat as Sydney was growing up and sort of you and your brother were raised on? Yeah, you too. So much better than Anything. mine. Mine was 90s Hills song, so you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think that falls into the element too. I mean, um, it was and actually in seminary, there was a whole um, section of one of my classes that talked about the music of you too and how, you know, they're not Christian artists, but they are like, you look, whether it's 40 or, you know, like there's so many songs that have Christian elements because most of the members are Christian. And so, you know, it's just, it goes back to, um, we've always tried to raise our kids to see God and everything because God isn't everything. And so, um, it, that's really, really important to us in, in like cultivating that in music as well. Brilliant answers. And my last question, if you guys could go back in time and for Sydney, I would say like you, when you were 10 years old, um, and you, when you were making a decision to keep Sydney, what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now? Oh, gosh. No pressure. Excellent These questions. are excellent questions. Like, I really appreciate these questions. That's a really great question, um, even just in sharing our testimony to other people, to other women who are facing similar situation right now. And, um, you know, Choosing to keep Sydney um, 
it was a hard decision. I mean, it, it just was not because I didn't want to have her, it, but it was just because I didn't know how I was going to take care of her. And, um, and I, I could, I was hardly taking care of myself, you know, like it, it was just, you know, it, it was just a hard season of life. And then when your church abandons you, like then you're left questioning everything. And, and so I think I would, if I could whisper into my ear 18 years ago, I would, like the song says, carry on, you know, like, like I am like the Lord is here with us and, and there's a purpose in this. And 10 years from now, your life is going to look so much different. So just trust that there are no mistakes, you know, like there are plans that your plans that might go awry, but God's plan is so great. And, you know, and I think that that's, that's the one thing I would have told myself, you know, well, um, for me, I think specifically one thing or two things that I always really hold on to, everything that you do needs to, number one, be glorifying to God. Um, number two, serving yourself. And that's something that I've always held on to. And that's something that my parents have always taught me and my siblings, um, because you wouldn't be able to do any of this without him. Like it's, it's all him and he's allowed you to kind of go into this. And we, it's just a struggle too sometimes, especially when trusting him. Um, through everything that's happening, because there are so many moments when I just want to pull the reins and say, like, well, maybe we should go this way. I think trust is another one. And staying completely humble through everything, because, like I said, like, I didn't get myself here. Like, God's using me to glorify him. And that's that's a, an approach that I've always kind of struggled with, but now more so than ever, like, I'm learning to truly love him and truly understand what it means to follow him. amazing are Sydney and Deidre. They were just incredible to talk to because they are so full of life and they are so vulnerable and open and honestly I just felt like I could have asked them anything. They were just the best and I loved our conversation and felt incredibly privileged that they would share that story with me and with us. I know we talked about some tough topics today, so if you were impacted by any of it or you would like some additional help, I do have some additional resources for you, so bear with me just while I share them. If you would like to talk to someone about mental health or suicidality, in Australia, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14. In America, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline on 1-800-784-2433. 
If you are in any other country or you're looking for more specific resources, just visit our friends at To Write Love on Her Arms. Visit twiloheart.com forward slash find dash help. That's T-W-L-O-H-A dot com. If you are in America, you can also call RAIN and visit their website. RAIN is the Rape, Abuse and Incest National Network. And they have been supporting victims and survivors of abuse for over 23 years. You can call them on 1-800-656-HOPE. That is 1-800-656-HOPE. Okay, that was the heavy stuff out of the way. Thank you for bearing with me. But in all seriousness, if today connected with you, if it made you think, oh man, I want someone to talk to, please reach out and ask for help. You are allowed to, you are in a safe place. And if you can't find that in a church or in the one you're currently in, please reach out to a counsellor or a mentor or to a crisis suicide prevention line or anything like that just to have a chat because you are worthy of that. And if anything, that's what Sydney and her mum and the whole Be The Change initiative is about. It's about letting people know it's okay to be where you're at and it's okay to talk about it. If you would like more information about Be The Change Youth Initiative, you can find them everywhere online at Be The Change YI. That is Be The Change and literally YI.com or just at Be The Change YI if you're on Instagram or any socials. Sydney can be contacted directly on social media just by searching at Sydney Garrett. That is G-U-E. Double R E double T E. Her mum is also running a very cool blog at the moment called Finding Jesus in America, which is all about their road trip and figuring out what the heck they're doing tomorrow and how God turns up in the midst of all of it. That is literally on Instagram at Finding Jesus in America. All the links and all the phone numbers and details are below. You can also pick up a copy of the single Carry On. It is on Spotify and iTunes and all those good places. The link is below. Other additional tracks by the Be The Change Collective are also available on those platforms. And if you would like some of the solo tracks that you heard from Sydney today, they come from her EP, Music That Inspired The Movement, that came out a couple of years ago. Links are below as well. Thanks for being here for this deep, hard, honest conversation. Please go and contact Sydney and Deidre and let them know how much you appreciated hearing their story. I know that we meet every other week and we have coffee and we meet people with really interesting stories. So you guys are really used to hearing from people who are different to you or of different perspectives. So I'm actually expecting that you'll probably love today's episode and really appreciate the honesty and the integrity that Deidre and Sydney have. That being said, if there is anyone who feels super compelled to reach out to them and was upset by what you heard today, can I ask that you please reach out to me instead? These guys are incredible. They are strong women who can do absolutely anything, but I don't want to invalidate their story in any way. So just hit me up. We are at Between You Me Pod or Between You and Me Pod.com. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. Did you love it? Would you like to go on deeper? What other topics are you interested in? We try and stay away from politics sometimes because it's a bit sticky, but you know, it comes up because it matters. So let me know what you're interested in and who else you would like to hear from this season. Every two weeks it's coming for you through the rest of the year and I would love your ideas and your input. That is all for today's episode. We did it again. Congratulations to us. It is always good to meet with you guys. My name is Jessica Morris and I will see you in two weeks for a very special episode with someone who may or may not have been on The Bachelor.
for listening to the Between You and Me podcast. Stay connected by visiting www.betweenyouandmepod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. For more Christian news, reviews, and interviews, get plugged in to JesusWire.com.